sun sets on the right side. Yeah. You're not looking into the sun when you. That's just wrong. The sun over the water, though. No, no, no. no. You can't. You get blinded and everything. I just, I think, you know, I think it's just like what I think it's what you're used to. At the end of the day, do you like Los Angeles? Um, I, uh, I'm sensing a little trepidation. I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I like the work, and I like uh, a lot of people there. The place, I could take it or leave it. Actually, I don't know. It's not home to me. You're right. Yeah, I mean, I. It's funny because again, it's just it's one of those things. I mean, it's like New York, where you don't encounter a lot of people who um, don't have a strong opinion about it in one direction or the other. Oh, because they don't know it. You either like it or you you hate it, Los Angeles. (laughs) I guess. The end of the day, again, I'm from Northern California, so I have some baked in yeah opinions about it. Yeah, I guess they don't like it that much in Northern California. Yeah, but you moved there for animation. Yeah, all the work is there. Yeah. I I was working at MTV Animation here, and uh, in New York, and you know they pretty much closed down in 2000. So uh, everyone I worked with is out there now. Yeah. It's like we all there was this migration. So you know that's where all the people go for animation. So I do I draw storyboards. So you've 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 got a, a pretty impressive resume when it comes to the shows that you've worked on. That's because I'm old. For- He's <laughs> been doing it for when a you're while. You're old. It's like it just kind of piles up, and then it's yeah. like, oh, that's impressive. You have a lot of shows. It's funny. It's one of those things. It's like, <laughs> no, for sure. Like I, I you know, I, I've, I've had people say that about, you know, because I've been doing what I've been doing for a long time too, and, and people say that, and you're just like, it doesn't feel impressive at the time because you're, you know, you're going through it like one show at a time, and then there are little like gaps in between all these things. But then when you when you step back and look at it, you've you've done. A yeah, lot of I work. tend to be, I tend to gravitate i mean i tend to get hired on more adult shows i don't really i have very few kids shows that i've done uh maybe they just look at my face and they get scared and they go this is not for children and they move on so i don't know well it seems you know there's definitely there's a connection between a lot of them i mean you was was beavis and butthead one of your earliest gigs and then that led to, you know, like Daria is obviously right. clear and King of the Hill. King of the Hill and uh, Futurama. Yeah. I just uh, did Animals on HBO and I'm doing Rick and Morty right now. And I did a show called Harmon Quest, which is like Dan Harmon and his comedy buddies doing uh, uh, Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. So that's on CISO, the channel. It's the only place you can see it. But that those kind of things, you know, they're all for adults. So it's like... I don't know. I wasn't trying to, but it's definitely where I am. You've got the the Mike Judge connection over here, and you've got the Dan Harmon connection, and it kind of yeah. sounds like once you get in with one of those camps, yeah. like you're you're good for a little while. I guess, yeah. I didn't expect that. Yeah. You never can tell. But I guess I guess the the I like the comedy, you know, the the kind of edgy, dark comedy. So I guess it fits me, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, I, little kids shows don't attract me to work, so. Were were you expecting to be to get into animation? I know you went to school at SVU. Or, I'm sorry, SVA. SVU. SVA. Um, were you expecting to do what you're doing now? I was doing fine art for years. Yeah. I was I was a fine art major in RISD at RISD, and then uh, I went to SVA for fine art too, graduate. So yeah. I wasn't doing any comics until I was 34, 
and I wasn't doing animation until I was 35. So, so what was the plan early on? The plan? What yeah. the hell? <laughs> you didn't, you, 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 did you, did you see no past RISD? I mean, did you, no, no. you didn't expect, like, I think, I I'm think, be a uh, like, or? yeah, I was, a, I was painting for yeah. many years, and I wanted to show, but I didn't really get very far with that. Uh, but I, I just, I think I did the right thing in that I just wanted to do what I loved and see where I landed. Yeah. So I loved doing you know, making things and creating and, you know, so, uh, to me, comics is, I got into comics, uh, cause of my friend, David Mazzucchelli asked mm. me to, uh, draw for his comic. And I yeah. was like, I don't know how to do that. But, uh, to me, it's just a medium. So like I, I can jump from medium to medium pretty easily and it doesn't really matter because it's the expression and what you're doing and what you want to show the medium is just that a medium so uh yeah not not the medium is a message <laughs> no well the, the the medium that's yeah. what it means yeah. it's like an in between between your expression and what you're making so but the jump i mean the jump between animation and and comics is pretty clear but like how do you, how do you get from painting into into animation slash comics well i think you have to love drawing i think i always love drawing and, and at SVA, I was making sculptures, these weird kinetic sculptures. Mm. And I was having a blast, but I miss drawing. I always liked drawing. So uh, comics is such a foundation of, has such a foundation with drawing that uh, it became attractive to me because it's picture making, first of all, it's which I love. It's drawing, which I love. And it's also uh, uh, very compact mm. <laughs> yeah because i was in brooklyn and i couldn't afford oh you mean actually literally yeah like, like you just put it yeah, i have, have all my work all of painting and all my work is under my bed right yeah. now all years of <laughs> 20 years of comics <laughs> as opposed to like big sculptures and yeah. big paintings that you have to take apart and roll up and all that so that was actually became more attractive to me but you know those other reasons are important as well it's kind of funny. That's it's sort of the the inverse of this. Like people like looking back and and feeling like you've accomplished a lot versus you know either the fact that you can fit everything under your bed or that thing that people tell you when a comic comes out, which is they like as though it's a you know like a a sign of their own achievement how quickly they read through it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm okay with reading people reading yeah. my latest book quickly. It's I I, I created it for experts in comic reading and somebody who's never picked it up before. Yeah. I really believe that art should be accessible and, you know, comics should be accessible and they should not make the reader do too much work. Mm. Now, at that said, I think it's important that uh, people hear my message and listen to my questions that I'm asking and maybe think that way. So I like the conversation between the reader and the artist. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't remember my chain, train of thought now. What was I going with that? Because what was your question about that? Uh, I was just talking about you know people bragging about how quickly they can. Oh read yeah, yeah, book. okay, yeah. So I want them to to read through it. And yeah. That's great, fast. And then they put it down, and then they can pick it up, and they can look at it again. Yeah. And maybe you know dwell on the drawings, and you know just think about possibilities. So I I like it to be layered, and not even though it's it's could be a fast read. Uh, I, I also want it to have more, more than that. 
<laughs> well, it is. I mean, it, you know, it's 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 definitely a, a fairy tale story, but like it, it there there's a lot of twists and turns. You know, it's not like it's not like a quick linear narrative. Like there's a lot there's a lot going on in that book. I think uh, for a fun read, uh, you got to have some unpredictability. Yeah. So I, in some ways, I knew how it was going to end, but I didn't know what was going to happen in between. I was like tying plot things together and introducing characters and having them go through certain things so they could end up. You know, it's all manipulation, but uh, hopefully, you know, when I'm finished, it's all like pretty seamless and it all kind of comes together nice. There's there's a there's a dream sequence toward the beginning of the book that I've seen before. Yeah, I mean, it's that, probably that is... in Mome. Okay, I did, it was in Mome. How long have you been working on this, like piece by piece, for a long seven time? years? Seven years. Because uh, I work full time. Yeah, and I have children, and I have very you know, busy life, but I made time to finish it because I really wanted to. Because I hear, I hear from some artists, you know, it's like I don't have time, I don't have time. I'm like, if I can do it, yeah, you can do it, you know. So yeah, it took a while, but the way I picture it is, I I'm okay with that because it's I for me it's like it's for the ages, you know. It's like I got it, my thing, it's out there, it'll be out there for a while. Yeah, you know, I don't have to rush through it for a deadline or anything, but. Do, so do, I was do you very feel, careful. About. Do you feel relief? I was depressed. You were depressed. Yeah, like, I was like, oh man. Yeah, I was like, yeah. what do I do now? <laughs> I was finished. Do, are, are you the kind of person? That I, starts... I bet you've heard that from other artists. You know, yeah. Like, oh my post- god, I postpartum finished. depression. Yeah, yeah. I it's, mean, it is the, kind of postpartum. I, either you, either you you launch yourself like right into the next thing, or I tried, yeah. but it was like, I don't know. It would, you, you almost say, why am I doing this? What is the reason for all this? Why am I doing it? And then I have to go reassess and go, okay, this is why it's important to me to do this and why I'm spending so much of my life and so much time putting this out here. That's not a new song for comic artists, I know. Well, I mean, it's especially interesting when you consider the fact that, you know, that that you've got you've got this primary career and that, you know, certainly you're reaching a lot of people doing that. I mean, the shows you're working on are 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 big shows Um, that. To some people, that's important. Yeah. To me, um, what I like about doing my own work is it's mine. It's my vision. It's it's only mine. Yeah. And I have something that I want to share. And uh, to me, it's like wonderful to do that and not be part of someone else's writing and someone else's character designs and someone else's backgrounds and someone else's ideas they're my ideas, they're my characters, they're my story. Everything is mine. And so I, that gives me, not not. it's not like an ego feed. It's just like yeah. that uh, I have a very unique vision that I want to share. So that's how I can do it. So that's the fun part. I mean, it's definitely pretty unique to comics in terms of this kind of long-form visual storytelling where you don't need a team of people to do it, you know, versus like animation, which is hundreds of people going into, you know, a 30-minute episode. Well, I think, you know, like Peter Bagg had someone else ink ink his work. Sure, sure. I mean, you can. I wouldn't want to do that. I just, I was just like, someone said that to me once. They said, well, why don't you try having someone else ink it and you pencil I was like, no way. That's every single line is very important. I think maybe like do as many comics as Peter Bagg's done and then and then come back and talk about it, you know, like at this point, like he's I know. Well, I think uh, his priorities were a little different than mine. Yeah. Um, To me, the drawing becomes very important. Yeah. You know, and and he's he's like I had loved his stuff. Actually, he was a big influence on me, not so much because 
on my comics, but uh, just how uh, succinct and sharp mm. his comedy was, and just you know, he's he's yeah. he's just good at like developing characters and making it fun, a fun read. So I really enjoyed his stuff. I keep coming back to that 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 dream dream oh, okay, yeah. at the beginning because um, you know, and, and and I don't know. I, I I couldn't name you know like a quarter of the things that I've seen in Rome, <laughs> but that like the visuals of that really jumped out at me. Like there's a moment, yeah. uh, you know. I mean, I don't think I'm spoiling anything because it's at the beginning of the book. But he, um, the teddy bear character gets unraveled. <laughs> it's a very like yeah. It's, it's it's kind of a really shocking moment, and 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 there's like there's something kind of profound about that too. I mean, was that. That was that just was that a visual that you had early on? Um, I think, uh, like I said, you know, I want surprises, and that's a surprise definitely yeah. that the reader have. I would say if you go a little deeper, just generally in all my comics, if you look at the dream sequences and certain things, if you look at the stories before that, I don't know whether you've read the books before. Yeah, or not. yeah. Um, I do kind of play with kind of like getting a little politically or uh, morally incorrect. And I think it all kind of started when I was creating the characters and I wanted something that was, um, I wanted something that was kind of anti-Disney, something that was like underground. And so you've got the cute characters, but there's definitely something uh, satire and, you know, stick it to the, yeah to the uh, traditional storytelling. So that I think that comes out of that. And I kind of like to, I can be very blunt. I can be very, you know, almost rude sometimes and shocking. And I'm not, I'm not into, uh, you know, swear words or anything like mm-hmm. that or any sexual content, but I like to play with people's expectations and play with their minds a little bit yeah. about what they expect and what they want. And they, no one picking up that book would say, oh, on page 20, the bear becomes <laughs> eyeballs. So I like, I, to me, that's, that's, that's fun, hopefully for the reader and for me. I mean, it's, you know, it, 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 it plays with an interesting idea. You know, I, I've like, there's, there, there are some things that you see as a kid that are kind of innocent things that like haunt you. Like I remember there was, exactly, a, yeah. there was a Looney Tunes episode where, yeah. uh, uh, you know, one of one of the characters. Remember, I'm just gonna go super deep on this. Uh, Porky Pig has like a, like a talent agency. I don't know if you've ever seen any of those episodes. I I've seen them, but I don't. Yeah, I can't remember them all. There was there's there, there's a guy comes through and he does a trick, and I think the trick like involves him shooting himself into a, in the head and turning into a ghost. Oh. And Porky says that's a great trick, and he says, "But I can only do it once." <laughs> And it like that really messed with my brain, and and I think you know I, I think this is this is similar when you're kind of like juxtaposing these like cartoon characters with kind of a really kind of deep and morbid sense of of existence. That, yeah, yeah, and like really showing like 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 on its face like what a teddy bear is made out of. Well, death, 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 and you know the end and all that stuff. That I like to play with that, but in a I really yeah. want to play with it in a fun way. Like I would never. I don't like to go dark. I, I'm, that's I'm not like that. It's I don't go into like really dark, depressing yeah. places unless I'm you know. 
it, to me, people need escape and they need laughter. And they one of the best ways to laugh is, you know, talk about those things you're not supposed to talk about, like death. And <laughs> in, in terms of like, you know, in, in terms of artwork, though, in this book, I mean, it seems like Dr. Seuss is a pretty clear influence. I have never heard that until this last review. Someone oh, reviewed, really? Yeah, someone reviewed it and said that, too. And I'm like, I've it's never, never, you know. Have you gone back and, and kind of reexamined the stuff? Yeah, after that review, I went and looked at... Uh, I don't know. I don't... It's interesting. I mean, that I was mean, the first I, thing when I, I saw was, the, the trees. Sleep the Sleep Book is one of my favorite books. Yeah. But I think one of the things that I I think is my advantage is that visually, I just took in so much. Yeah. And I drew so many things and I would look at so many artists. And I didn't look at comics. I didn't look at comics until I was like 32. Yeah. So and you didn't start drawing until you were thirty four. So well, I didn't start <laughs> drawing comics yeah. until I was thirty. I was drawing a lot, sure. but uh, the point is that um, I kind of took all my influences, and I think it just might have happened to look like Doctor Zeus a little bit because that mm. probably was a influence. But my point is that I wasn't looking at you know ABC artist. I was looking at so many things, and so. What I ended up with is it's pretty personal. I mean, it's it, I feel like it's mine. I have a quirky way, a weird, not slick way of drawing, which um, maybe that's what mm. makes people think of Doctor Zeus. But I don't think I have that much in common with his. I, well, he's he's a god, you know, he's incredible. But I don't think I have. Yeah. If you look at my stories, I don't know. Maybe there was poems in there or something. I think it was. Just, I think it's just a visual. I, 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 I hey, I'll take it. Pull it. Pull it I'll out. I'll take yeah. it, man. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, so you you start really reading comics in earnest at at, at thirty two. You start drawing them at, at thirty four. Um, I'm curious when when you're making that transition from fine art into comics, what your earliest comics look like. Uh, they're ugly, and I will not show them to anyone. <laughs> so terrible. Yes, it? they're pretty bad. But, and I, I think it made me respect really how yeah. hard it is because you think, oh, I can draw and I could, but yeah. can I draw five characters in a room, you know, uh, when someone opens the door and comes in and talks to the other guy and what, how do you place everything and what's the space? It's a lot of issues with volume and space and how you're going to describe that, all this process stuff that will bore your listeners. But it's 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 deceptively simple if you don't have an approach that you, you know, so I had to create an approach the hard way it was like it took some struggle it was pretty much a struggle because you're like what's going on behind that character yeah. what kind of space are, there, are we going to need to show this so did did it take a while before you were confident showing them to people it's still taking me a while i'm still working on yeah being competent enough to show it to people but but you know <laughs> you've put a couple books out it's so obviously like you've got some faith in well, your ability like to Mike, do it like my friend like david mazakelli said he said you just got to put it out there. Yeah. You know, that's it's easy for David Mazzucchelli. Yeah. To say, it's easy for, right? I'm like, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, you just have to put it out there and then you learn from your mistakes and you move on. You know, I, I, uh, it's really hard. I, and I don't mean, I don't want to discourage anyone. I think what I mean is it's really hard. It's just like anything else. You just got to practice, 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 practice. Yeah. And then you get more and more confident. I think I'm pretty confident now at being able to make a comic and making it clear and making the pacing good and you know more I'm more easy to it's more easy for me to satisfy myself as a comic artist than it was back way back then. Was when you started 
drawing comics, I mean, was, was there a sense that like this is something that I can do for a living now, or this is a way to like make art for a living? I think a lot of people can relate to this. I think I was kind of in my twenties. I was kind of like figuring out who I was and what I wanted to do, and so I did try different mediums and I tried different, uh, you know, applications of expression that I wanted to do. And uh, so this was just another one, yeah. So, so at what what point did the storyboarding come in? Um, I actually came in and showed some of my comics, and then they had me take a test, and uh, and I got in. I think because it was Beavis and Butthead, you know, like they were like Beavis and Butthead is kind of awkward and yeah. weird and not very well drawn. So, <laughs> so you were yeah, I think I think no, seriously, they had somebody else, yeah, and. and you know, he was probably really slick and Disney, and yeah. they thought, let's go with a clunky, awkward drawer over here, this guy, Ted. Okay. <laughs> how, how how long had you, had you been doing that. comics at that point? One year. Oh, wow. Yeah. So you were really fresh to it. Well, I was fresh, but I had drawings and everything. I mean, like I said, it, yeah. it takes passion to really stick with it because it's it's not easy to do it well, you know, I think. It's an easy, I think it's a double-edged sword because comics are easy to do. All you need is, you know, sure. in one way because you just need pen and pencil and Like paper. the barrier of entry is low. The barrier of entry, that's a good yeah. way of putting it. The barrier of entry is low, but the 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 bar is high yeah. to really make it fun and interesting. I mean, that was one of my passions was I really want to make a story and make art you know, because it has to be visually interesting and has, the story has to be interesting. And I was like, I want to get that feeling that I had when I was a kid when I watched The Jungle Book mm. or when I read certain comics when I was a kid, you know, like Donald, you know, Uncle Scrooge and stuff yeah. like that. And I wanted that feeling back and I didn't know where to find it. Hmm. So that's part of the motivation that keeps me going is like, like, like I'm creating uh, a really to me of course it has to be i have to be the ultimate arbiter but i have to make a, i want to make a fun interesting deep but shallow <laughs> as well you know just like all that and yeah, i want like it enjoyable to, on the surface but potentially exactly. i would i would deeper. say like like the alice books are kind of a, yeah a parallel with that where i can enjoy it just as a fun story but i can also get into all the mathematical things and the symbolism and a lot of you know, logic issues that he was playing with. So it goes, I like playing with those levels. And like on my side, in my comics, uh, I like to play with paradoxes and dichotomies and opposites. And so if you look in the book and you look in all, my second, my third, especially, um, you'll probably discover a lot of that. And I did that all over the place, but I don't say it. Yeah. So I think that's a fun part because I see the world and the universe in that way. It's almost like a yin and yang thing going on. So that's kind of like the architecture for all my stories and all my themes is that yin and yang aspect. I find the opposites and I play with what's going on in the middle or I find out something that seems to be true, but it's not, you know. So that's kind of a, a theme that I never get tired of playing with. So, I mean, on, on a very base level, is that why you've stuck with these two characters? They're kind of opposite. I think, yeah, but I always say in hindsight, it's not like I, I planned it. Yeah. I just thought, you know, even the way they're designed, you know, one is yeah 
soft and lovable and the other one is you know one is brave one is not one is you know very as acerbic the other one is yeah. very um uh, innocent innocent and... yeah so you know it's definitely they're both me and they're both parts of me so uh that's fun to me that's that uh, it just intellectually it's fun to play with those possibilities of how can I create a story and make all these paradoxes happen because that's how the world goes around to me there's there's something in uh, in uh, Zen Taoism which is like there is you know there's there is no opposite it's, they're all part of yeah. the same thing they're all connected so you can't have you know, hot without cold. You can't have, you know, hate without love. Sure. So they're all connected. So that's what I play with is like, you know, how you, how life reflects that. I mean, you're you're also tapping into pretty deep history too of this this idea of this kind of mismatch pair that go on an adventure. I mean, there's. Yeah, I don't know why that ends up that way. Um, I think it's better that I don't. Think too, hard about it. <laughs> think too hard about it i think part of it is and i think a lot of people can relate to that is you know i'm stuck in my job and i'm stuck here and yeah. i have to i can't i want to go somewhere i i want to get out and have an adventure and they can't and i think that's part of reading that's why people love science fiction and you know stories about you know whales <laughs> No, I'm just thinking of Moby Dick or something. You know, like just just like things where yeah. you get outside of your experience. And I think the 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 fun part is or the interesting part is how do you make people feel like they're getting out of their own lives and yet they can reflect on their own and go, "Oh yeah, I feel that." <laughs> but, but why? I mean, obviously you're 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 um invested in 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 these characters after a couple of books, but um you know, why does a book like this work better if there are two main characters versus just the one? I think I couldn't really answer why because I, I kind of don't want to... I, I try not to go too deeply yeah. into why I'm doing things. So it's kind of like... Uh, you kind to of me destroy the magic if you've yeah, thought too much about it. Yeah, well, yeah. I, 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 if I tear it apart too much, it's yeah. not much fun. But I think... I think uh, it is a little bit of an issue, but I think when you have one character, you have to be careful because usually, and I'm not saying all the time, but frequently when there's just one character and the one character is the only protagonist, they tend to be kind of dull because, or they have to be really fascinating mm -hmm. because, because uh, there's just... I don't know. I'm not sure why. I'm kind of losing it. But uh, I, I feel like all my characters are protagonists. Yeah. For example, there's a pirate character, Captain. Yeah. I'm just as connected to him as I am yeah. to those two. So I'm thinking of them as aspects of personality or aspects of myself. So I don't really think about it in terms of my, the protagonist is the person we identify with. And then that's it. You know, I, I I try to identify with all the characters. In my last book, there were two animals. There was a rabbit and a and a uh, badger, and I identified with them. I felt them were actually sort of protagonists. So 
it's kind of like a constellation of protagonists yeah. that I'm playing. I'm almost like a chessboard. Like with each piece has a different uh, purpose, and I'm kind of moving them around and seeing how they interact. And so I, I guess in a classical sense, the the protagonist thing uh, is is not really part of my storytelling in a big way. Now the one. Th- because I have two characters, Fuzz and Pluck, um, throughout, to me it's kind of like a thread that holds it together. And so they, 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 they are they are protagonists, but it's like they they come in and then they leave, and then we move on to the next story. It just gives it a little uh, instead of coming up with a whole new story and creating all new characters and creating a character that you know is kind of like that's why all comic artists actually use frequently serialize their yeah. characters again and again because how do you keep recreating characters if it's sure. you know hundreds of pages it's hard to do that as we're talking about it, it occurs to me that like one it's saving you on a lot of potential like exposition which is not fun to, yes, to read exactly i hate exposition and then you've got all <laughs> and then you've got like you've got um comedy built in with these two mismanaged match characters right i can really play with them and you know i you can look at the whole history of, you know, like, I don't know. I remember uh, I used to watch, uh, I loved watching uh, Gilligan's Island, you know, with Gilligan and the, yeah. <laughs> and the, and the skipper. Uh, skipper and the way yeah. they interact is kind of actually kind of similar to yeah. the, way, the way my characters act. It's not a new thing. I'm not inventing anything new. They just have different outfits on. And there's, you know, uh, there's... Um, you know, Laurel and Hardy. Yeah. Classic. One is like a little pushy, a little aggressive. The other one's kind of like wimpy. Nothing new about it. Yeah. So to me, I uh, I know that I'm kind of like taking it in a little different direction. Uh, I'm taking it in my personal direction. But, you know, I, nobody's reinventing the, the wheel here. When you're looking at, at, at reviews and when you're talking to people who read it, and even people who enjoyed it, I mean, is there a sense of frustration when you feel like people aren't necessarily understanding it on th- this deeper level that you're putting down? That's a very good point. No. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. Because it's not their job. Yeah. It's my job. Yeah. Uh, first of all, I'm the one who's leading the whole thing. So if people don't get it or people are missing something or people are completely getting the wrong point, I... That's my failure. Yeah. I didn't do quite what, say, I wanted to. So I never blame the reader. But, and that said, I think the second part is that the wonderful thing about all art making, and I think is is that you can, uh, there's a sharing going on. There's like a conversation. So I'm asking a question, and you're reading it, and you go, huh, well, I wonder what. I think the answer is this. Oh, I see he's doing, he's saying this. Maybe he means this, you know, so it's like a conversation between me Mm -hmm. and the reader. So it's flexible. I don't, I hate any, I don't want any book. I don't want to read any book. I don't want to see any art that's didactic. It's not art. It's, it has to be something that grows, that changes, that has different interpretations. I mean, of course, Shakespeare is one of the best examples of that when, you know, you're just like, what? There are changing meanings. So it's it's those two things. It's like it's my responsibility to kind of lead the parade. But the reader uh, might see things and might add things and might have an un- understanding 
that's a little different and that's that's okay you know you you mentioned having kids before um i mean in a sense this is a, a fairy tale and there are definitely some clear fairy tale elements to it um but has has having children has that kind of influenced you at all have you wanted to kind of make maybe make something that they could read at some point um not really um i think because i was a child once and so i try sure. to me too <laughs> yes i know we all were so i think uh you know i'm thinking about what i loved as a child yeah and i also you know that does help you i i i noticed that as i was, as i watched my children grow i kind of remember what i was doing at their age mm-hmm. and what i liked at that age so and you know they're grown up now they're like 17 and mm. 20 but so i'm starting to forget <laughs> <laughs> yeah the, the the whole i i think all great artists are must remember that they're children at heart and all anybody who's creating something has to really feel that kind of innocence and that just sense of wonder so I have to try, I want to try to keep that, you know, for the kids and for the adults too, you know, because everyone was a kid. But but you, you, do you feel like you, you have it in you or have ever, ever had it in you to make just like a purely chill, book focused on children? I do, but then I start to get doing things that, you know, aren't correct, you know, like the... Start to screw it up a little bit? I, I Kids read, you know, I encourage kids sure. to read. I think they can read my book now. Yeah. I don't think, there's no... There's nothing really atrocious in it that, that <laughs> I would not recommend. Now, yeah. maybe a really young child might be disturbed by, you know, Pluck cutting his leg off. But. Yeah, I was just, I was, <laughs> you know, the blood. Yeah, the, uh, the but tail, right? are you right? kidding yeah. me? Eight-year-olds love that. Look yeah, what they yeah, do. Yeah. Look at the, look at the, yeah. they play these video games and shoot each other up. So, I, I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I, I think it's, it's fine for kids, you know. Nobody's, I, I, I the only thing that I wouldn't, you know, would warn people about is you know, Pluck says "damn" sometimes, <laughs> which is not any worse probably than anything. But, you're but say on uh, I guess I think you know when you're creating and you you know over years of creation, you just of what you're doing and you figure out who you are. You realize that certain things you're better at than others, and I feel like I'm not. I'm not. I'm not very good at little kid stuff. And, you know, I love childhood and I love children's stories and I do actually love fairy tales. And uh, but uh, writing a children's book these days, you have to be very politically correct Mm -hmm. and you have to have a moral at the end. And that's part of what I was fighting against. I was like, I like to end the stories with a question. Yeah. I like to ask, you know, is this a good ending or is it perhaps not? Yeah, and you, you know, you really—it's hard to do that with a children's book. I mean, you know, we were talking before about um, how you you got the job in animation because you were doing comics, and I'm curious as to how, having done animation for so long, having storyboarded, obviously, there's a lot of parallels between comics and, and storyboarding, but um, how how has that impacted your comics? I would say mostly with pacing mm-hmm. and really thinking about the rhythm of the story. So I'm very conscious of making the reading, like when I separate word balloons and when I'm uh, separating into panels, I I definitely want a certain rhythm to it. Uh, So I think animation has really helped me think about that because when I'm in storyboarding, I'm not sitting there 
animating usually I'm kind of like get a script and you have to picture what the script is describing mm -hmm. so I you know it's like do we go close up do we go far away how long do we stay when when someone's saying something and how long do we move but it did help enormously I mean if you look at my comics before and after it's you know before animation and then after it's I think I was I did a lot of growth now I, I at the same time I like the kind of special drawing that comics is, you know, animation, storyboarding, it's all redrawn by somebody else. Mm -hmm. It's very fast. You know, there's a lot of, well, talking. And so I, I, I like the um, specificity of drawing and playing with the comics medium. It's, it's different enough that, it, you know, one thing I started doing was panels, like staying in the same shot staying in the same panel and not moving around yeah. backgrounds and everything. So I, that's, that was definitely an animation influence. Has it, has it made beyond pacing? I mean, has it, has it changed the, the storytelling? Has it made you better at, at, at creating a, a narrative arc? You know, I hate to say it, but like f when I work for the best stories and I see storytelling get really good in really good. And it's been really bad in a lot of cartoons that I worked on. So uh, it makes me more conscious of yeah. really making the story work and making the character interesting. Uh, you know, some shows I worked on, I just felt like characters are just cy ciphers for a joke. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, I hate this. I won't mention the shows, but <laughs> I'm like, oh, my God. What? Yeah. You know, it's just like a bunch of writers sticking words into people's and that. So it's it worked in a no way too. It, you know, like, I, I don't want to do that. I really want, if the character is saying or feeling something, it has to be really genuine. They have to really come from them and not just some joke that I wanted to stick in there. And that also seems to work a little bit better in animation than it would in comics, you know, where, where, where in a sense, like, animation is a little bit more, your role in it is more passive. You know, you can just sort of sit back and, like, let the jokes wash over you, but it's hard to commit yourself to that long of a book if it's just joke, oh, joke, Oh, interesting. Joke. Hmm. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I think the passivity of just watching and the activity of reading is, that's an interesting contrast. Uh, that's why I want the reading to be not a chore, yeah. you know. And that's that's where... I think good storytelling, good visual storytelling comes in when you don't even know that you're in it. Yeah. You know, it's like you forget it. You're not like, wait a minute, what happened? This is very common. You know, what happened from that panel to, where is he? Yeah. Oh, he's over there now. Oh, wait, where do they, why are they, you know, it's like there's all these things that you have to fi figure out. And that becomes work for the reader. So I really try to keep it. So that it's a flow, it's a nice organic feeling, and that's an animation too, absolutely. Yeah, that's interesting. Though. I mean, that gets back to what we were saying before, where, where in a sense, um, where a lot of people might kind of be insulted by this like idea that somebody read it quickly. If if, if somebody was able to just finish it, like you know, in a in a sitting or two, like that, that's almost a compliment to your ability as a storyteller. Yeah, you know, my mom, who doesn't read any comics ever. She said, I picked it up in the middle, and I just read it right to the, day, the end. I said, you didn't even start at the beginning. <laughs> why did your mom do that? That's how she talks, me? by the way. 
like well, a Muppet. I, yeah. <laughs> no, I get. She said I picked it up and I, yeah. I read all the way to the end, and I'm like, Mom, that's amazing. That's good. That's a. She yeah. said, Yeah, it was a real page turner. I just couldn't stop. Yeah. And I said, That's a good thing. That's okay. And so, like, that's a good thing. That's okay. And I th- because. When, when you put it, okay, for example, a cartoon, you know, you watch on TV, it's the same kind of thing. It's like you watch it and then you forget. But it goes back into the ether. Yeah. You know, you, don't, you might have a CD of it. You might have a DVD, I mean. Uh, but even then, it's like you don't stop it and study it and look at how Bugs Bunny raises his eyebrows or anything. Uh, so one thing I enjoy about comics is it's like when I make it, it's like it's it's something that's that's permanent and you can go back and which I've done with other books. You know, you go back and you look at it and you remember and you see things that you don't see before. I like that. You had mentioned earlier that you kind of, you kind of knew where things landed with the book, but how mapped out was the story? I don't think your listeners want to hear that much about it, but I'll say this, you know, if you do if you're if they're writing a story or you're you know, I knew how it was going to end and I knew how it was going to start. And I knew I wanted certain things to happen that were important. And so I kind of string it all together. And so that's really basically, it's a very basic storytelling. And I think one thing that's great about storytelling is everybody has a different approach and everybody has a different way. But to me, I I don't think about the protagonist thing so much. I think mm. of like little pieces, chess pieces moving around and they're all kind of in a, in this constellation that they're all relating to each other. And that's that's the fun part. I guess I keep going back to to the idea, you know, and part of it was just because I saw it, uh, that scene serialized in, in MoMA earlier. But I'm almost imagining it as you you having uh, a bunch of images in your head, like a bunch of like scenes, you know, a bunch of like striking visuals and then sort of tying a story around that. Yeah. And I think that's the key to visual storytelling um, is to play with strong visual ideas that yeah. you really which and there's others in there. I mean, like the uh, the donkey. The donkey was actually part of a dream I had. I was yeah. I, I mean, had that a seems dream. Like something that I it's had a like... dream that I was riding a donkey made with flowers yeah. instead of hair. And uh, but but there's but there. I mean, that's a good example of like there's a really clear and very interesting conceit to the donkey, which is that these flowered these donkeys with flowers prefer all live on a rock island and they survive by eating little bits and pieces of each yeah, other. And it's all symbolism. Yeah. And so I like play with that too. So you you know, I think that's that's really what I'm happy with is I I take my own personal vision and whatever gets happening, uh characters that just won't go away and I have to make them and uh ideas that I want to play with and it all gets thrown into this big pot and I mix it up <laughs> and then I have to pull it out and make sense of it all. Is is working with these you know big big production companies on on these big titles? Is that is that enjoyable? Uh, it is if I like the story. Yeah. Yes, and it's also nice that when I have a little more control over uh, what to show. When I'm on a show that is very strict about how you show things and what people what they can characters can do, what they can't do. Um. I'm good at it. I can do it, but uh, I feel like I have some great talents that I should. I feel like that's kind of like a wasted. I'm. I feel like a wasted talent because not that I'm so great, but I. I love to create scenarios and I love to create mm. 
characters and stories and put it all together. And a lot of times it's already done for you with the writers. So are you, I guess that sounds kind of negative, doesn't it? Um, I don't know. I'm sort of surprised though. I mean, have, have you done, have you been on the writing side of things for any of those shows? I haven't had the opportunity hmm. really. You, you you think that like putting a couple books out on fanographics maybe would open that door for you at some you point. You would think, you know, you would think a lot of things. <laughs> Fair. Uh, yeah. I'm not, it's hard to get your name out there. And, you know, hmm. I was a teacher for three years and, you know, I, I learned a lot about myself, but where am I going with that? Uh, I, 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 I realize that it's really hard to get your name out there and really hard to advertise yourself. And it's so, uh, yeah, like if, if I work on a show that is pretty much written for me and I just have this character standing there, I'm pretty much left with yeah. drawing the acting and, you know, what a shot is. And that's fine. That's my job. But I have more to offer. I think. <laughs> is, is that is that not a is that not a. a transition that happens that often from from doing storyboards into writing you know i know some people who work uh, uh a friend of mine we had on the show uh minty lewis who's a cartoonist and uh works on yeah i know her. the regular show and she and i and i and i guess a lot of it's because like uh cartoon network is set up differently than other studios no i know i'm familiar with yeah. that and i i always felt like i would you know i could do that very well at the same time you know maybe it would be difficult for me because i might come up with things that you you should not yeah. do you know so uh that's one reason i do my comics because i i want to come up with dialogue i want to come up with with great visual jokes and fun things to look at uh and i don't always get that with with animation you know it's pretty much set up for you they don't have a lot of i worked for the when the one show is the harming quest which was like the drunk dungeons and dragons mm-hmm. That was fun. Yeah. Now, nobody's seen it, but that was fun because... Uh, is that out yet? Oh, yeah. Oh, it is? Okay. It's on CISO. Okay. I, they do like... You know, they everybody's do the... watching CISO, right? They do um, the live action, like, role play, and then Yeah, an and then we have, to, we have to animate things okay. that they're they... doing. And so, like, I enjoyed that because you never know. What, it's very unpredictable. It's yeah. very kind of, like, uh, you know, intuitive, and you don't you can pretty much make them up do certain things sometimes it's fun sometimes it's not but uh that that had more flexibility of playing you know coming up with ideas and stuff but uh yeah i mean like maybe you know i would get fired from the regular show because i would have too many bloody scenes or something you know did they they're very careful there they're like you know they don't want to go too far with things so that's what i enjoy about my comics i'm like here it is i came up with all this Shit, you know, that's the way it's going to be. Yeah. I don't have to have answer to a director or, a, you know, the execs at Cartoon Network or anything. But, but where, but like in your, in your world of animation, you don't see people making that transition that often from storyboarding into writing? Uh, I would say that, like, I don't know. I feel sorry for those people because they don't have a lot of time. You know, they have like just a few. Yeah. They, they're, it's 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 hard to you come mean, up like with in Cartoon Network. It's hard land. to come up with all this dialogue and writing, yeah. and draw it out too. That's that's a lot of work. So, that is a nice thing about the comics is you have the luxury of taking seven years on a book if you need to. Well, it sounds like a long time, but it, yeah, in a way, it wasn't because well, because I was only working weekends and nights, and you know, it's not like I was or or I was working when I was unemployed. 
but getting back to like you know like Kaz is doing it. I know they're all over yeah. there doing it. Yeah, a lot of the SpongeBob people. Are, yeah, but I can't get in. I they will not hire me, and you tell me why. I don't know. I've I've tried, but uh, I I never even got. I got to take a test on a regular show, but I wasn't. I wasn't. I think they already had somebody in mind. Uh, I think you can't take that stuff personally because yeah. usually, you know, you don't know what who's deciding and and like sensibility. Just be, you know, if if they feel like a sensibility doesn't match, doesn't mean that you're not good at your job. It just means that like no. I mean, I got on Rick and Morty through a test. Yeah. I mean, they didn't know who I was. I took a test. A lot of people took a test in the second season, and you know, they liked it. When when the fact that you're doing it on you know nights nights and and, and weekends, I mean, does that um do you end up investing more of yourself in it? I mean, obviously it's a little bit harder to kind of like at the end of the day when you've had a long day to to sit down and work on it. But no, usually at weeknights I'm just doodling and sketching. You know, I'm not doing heavy stuff. But uh, I think I think when you have a, I'm sure a lot of artists can relate to this. It's just you know when you have a hunger to really see something. Yeah. I just, I just really wanted to see it. I want to see this done. I want yeah. to see my world that I created. And that suddenly makes you less lazy and sleepy and whatever. You, you just, I just go, what would this look like? I got I to gotta draw this out. And so I have to keep myself yeah. motivated and excited, and that keeps me going. So like many weekends, that's what I do. <clears throat> but I think you have to not think of it as – as work and just make it as play. Like, how can I make it play for myself? How can I make it fun for myself and enjoy, you know, like I enjoy drawing all those backgrounds. I just, I love that. That was fun. It wasn't work. And I hope that shows. So that's a nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon for me. I don't want to go out and cut grass and, (laughs) you know, repair the roof. I mean, that's interesting. And I think, I think part of the, um, the way that you're able to see that to to the end, you know, like famously Jeff Smith went, you know, bone was like, what, like 1200 pages, you know, and, and, and he said this before, you know, he created those characters when he was a kid and, and that he, he knew what the last page was going to look like. Yeah. And I think that, I think that's, that's what gets you there. Like when you can visualize what the end of the book is in a sense, it's a lot easier to get there. Right. Yes, but also I think also you you it's a visionary thing. You you visualize the journey, yeah. what happens to them on the way. And uh yeah, I keep saying this over and over again, but for the reader and for me if it's not fun for me, yeah. it's not going to be fun for the reader. So I keep I have to keep checking myself and go, you know, how can I make this more interesting? And that's how I come up with some of the weirdness because I'm like Oh, that would be fun. Let's take let's take that. Yeah, but it's a lot easier to know that 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 you do have a stopping place, that you do have something specific that you're working toward, versus just kind of meandering. <clears throat> well, that's yeah, and and I think you know actually that's a problem with a lot a lot of comics. I pick them up and they're yeah they're pretty and they they have nice nice visuals and and then I start reading and I'm like, come on, you got to give me a reason to keep going here. I'm not getting it. And then I you know the ending is maybe. I'm like I get so disappointed, and so that that kind of spurs me on. I'm like I know I yeah. can make it, it, it a really exciting story. You do have to know the ending. 
It's like I, the, it's I a Saturday that. Night Live problem, right? Of like we have one oh, good joke, yeah. but we can't finish the sketch. Yes, I mean they could try a little harder, but they they have so much. They have only have a week. You know? Yeah, but but um, yeah, I have. To, I'm creating another story right now, and I'm like, okay, I'm coming up with a premise, and then there's a lot of stuff in between. I don't know what's going to happen, but I have to know how it's going to end, pretty specifically. Uh, so once I have that. You know, then I can go with it. When in this in Mulatry, I I knew the penultimate ending. Right. I knew what, but the the conclusion at the end, the little, you know that that's not as important. You have to know how the climax is going to happen. You have to know what the big deal is. That's classic storytelling. I yeah, mean, everybody knows that. But it it helps you uh loosen up and be able to play with all the stuff in the middle you know instead of just <laughs> kind of going along and like i don't know how this is gonna yeah. end because then it just peters out i remember reading some french comics and it was just like oh my god i was like okay something's gonna happen soon yeah, yeah. nothing this it's all the same and then it just ends and i'm like oh oh dear <laughs> are you still stuck with these two characters in the in the the thing that you're working on now will they make your appearance i think uh when i started this i just said i'm not you know it's kind of like you know hang around long enough and you'll you know you'll get hired you know i it, it, you get promoted you yeah. know so it's kind of like I, i'm just gonna stick with them because if i start changing around and doing <laughs> different things people won't know who the hell or yeah. what the hell it is. So, you know, I like the consistency. I like having a series of books. Um, yeah. Uh, but that's that's kind of me kind of reacting to when I was younger, when I was just all over the place and I was doing different things. And I, I wanted to have something that is very much mine and very much uh, consistently going somewhere. As somebody who's spent all this time working on other people's shows, working on animated projects, do you think about the potential for these characters to, at some point, turn into an animated project? Um, could happen. I, I, I'm a little perplexed why I'm not more interested in that. Hmm. I think <laughs> I should be. Yeah. Uh, I think... But, but just being happy with, like, what you've created, I mean, that's, that's pretty good, right? Yeah. I, <laughs> at the end of the day. Well, I think... Uh, when you get into animation as well as I, first of all, I'm very close to it. So it's kind of like not very exotic to mm -hmm. me. So I, I know all the pitfalls and all the issues that can come up. Uh, second of all, uh, I think I'm having trouble really figuring out how it would really look and how it would really work. So, uh, because I'm so used to doing it in a certain yeah. way. So that's my problem. That's my issue, and I'll we'll see if I can work through it. I don't know. But and then you have the the the, the other issue. I mean, do you do you feel like you would like let's say the opportunity arises? Do you, do you feel these this creation, these characters, the story that's that was so close to you that it was so important that you be the one person doing all the storytelling? Do you feel like you would be able to give that up for the sake of having that kind of project? Yeah, I guess so. I mean. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I it's it's it I I think uh, a lot of people have no problem, you know, just going right into it. I mean, yeah. I've seen some comic versions of in animation that I I think are 
not really as good at, nearly as good as the comic so i think you have to if i do do it and and i think if anybody tries to you have to be aware that it's a different medium and it has different requirements yeah. and it has different so that's why i'm a little nervous because it's like it turns into something else and then it's like but i don't know i mean like somebody said i should do it i should do it in uh uh, what do you call it? Uh, stop motion. And I'm like, yeah. I thought of that because I, I really liked uh, 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 Nightmare Before Christmas. Yeah. You know, and it, I just loved how, you know, that movie looked and how it felt. And I thought, oh, maybe that's a, that's a direction I can go in. And yet at the same time, I see other stuff that's drawn, like an old Ibiwerks uh, animation. And yeah. I'm like, wow, that's gorgeous too. Maybe I should go that direction. And then I just don't know. <laughs> I don't know if your family is going to be able to handle you just being like, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm getting into stop motion now. Like, this is what I'm doing on the weekends. Yeah, yeah. That, well, that wouldn't be a weekend thing. No, that's, that's, that's heavy. There you go. That was Ted Stern. Uh, that one actually dates all the way back to September. We were living in a... Very, very different world back then. Uh, there's usually a bit of a backlog on these things, but unfortunately that one take it took uh, a, a lot longer to produce than I would have liked to have. But I'm glad that we got it to you. I uh, really, really enjoyed that conversation. Ted's book, I say new book, but I guess it's unfortunately not really that new anymore, but definitely worth checking out over on Fantagraphics. It's called The Moolah Tree. Um, you know, and I was, uh, as I was discussing in the, in the top of that, that, that conversation, uh, there was just one. There's one visual that really jumped out to me at the beginning of that book, um, you know. And I, I had seen it. It had like seared itself into my memory from uh, an issue of Mo that appeared in uh, some time back of, of of Fuzz the Teddy Bear uh, slowly being unraveled into at least just a bunch of eyeballs. Um, definitely a, a dark side to what's a pretty otherwise pretty kind of lighthearted fairy tale of a, of a comic definitely worth checking out uh thanks so much to ted for taking the time to do that and for uh having the patience for waiting for me to get this thing up uh glad that we were finally able to get this out into the world thanks to uh jack at fanographics for uh recommending him and for setting that up uh thanks to you guys as always for listening to the show if you like the program please rate us on itunes uh, consider supporting us over on Patreon if you've got a little bit of money to send our way. If you've got any feedback, it's rylcast at gmail.com. Follow us on Tumblr. That's rylcast.tumblr.com. That is the first and best place to get all of your R-I-Y-L-related information. Uh, like us on Facebook. And um, as you can tell, my voice is is not it's not quite 100%. So hopefully uh, the next time you hear me, I will sound somewhat like a human being. In the meantime, stick around because we will be back just about this time next week with another episode of R.A.Y.L.